leaders know that evaluation is an important part of their role, but many leaders fall into a pattern in which they overlook common but extremely important evaluation blind spots that are the key to moving from steady improvement to significant gains. So that's what we want to break down today, evaluation blind spots. Welcome. You're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams here with my friend and pastor Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your busy day to become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every Wednesday. We'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast <laughs> platform. Also, share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And please rate and review on Apple Podcast. A few extra minutes will absolutely help get this in the hands of so many more leaders just like you. Uh, and visit leadinghope.online to get updates, find out more about the Leading Hope community. Today, this is episode 191, Evaluation Blind Spots. Woo! Blind Spots. You know what I just thought? I kind of missed the lake in the background. The lake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just remember. You have to go back quite a few episodes to see the lake. Yeah, sorry. Try it out. through that. Yeah. Like, we're good. Yeah, we are. I like the lake, too. I'm not going to, there's not much more I can say about that. I like lakes. So, we live in Lakeland. Oh, I know. How about that? Our uh, our production people are thumbs downing the lakes. Yeah, they the are. Lakes. Like, you guys are Because there's a lot more work to go to the lakes. Yeah. Caleb and Matt, that's the guys yeah. today. Yeah. They're the guys every day. Yeah. So, uh, so we do a lot of evaluation and my guess is you do too. Uh, some of the, if I could just kind of walk through some of the common tools that we use frameworks that we use for evaluation, if we're evaluating something internally, uh, the most common thing we use is strong, weak, missing, confusing, just a really simple paradigm of four headings. Hey, what we feel like was strong, what we feel like was weak, what we feel like was missing. I guess I didn't need to run through that. I guess it was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, you said it, but we got it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, another one that we use is more external stuff like that. So when we're looking, not like a specific thing, when we're looking at the organization as a whole, you may be familiar with this. It's called a SWOT analysis. I don't know how to differentiate it from like, because it's S-W-O-T. Strong, weak. Opportunities, threats. But like, they call it a SWAT. But like, S-W-A-T, yeah. you also call a SWAT team. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, I have the tendency when I'm talking about like the analysis, I want to call it a SWAT analysis. And then I want to call it a SWAT team. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyone who's on a SWAT team, I think would object at me calling it a SWAT team. Yeah. yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with that, <laughs> a SWAT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, typically how this is viewed is your strengths and weaknesses are internal. So it's the good internal strength the good in, or the bad internal weakness and then the good external is an opportunity and the bad external is a threat so it's just a way of looking at the organization as a whole uh, maybe my honestly my favorite one which is the simplest is just simply keep start stop oh that's good what do we need to keep doing what do we need to start doing what do we need to stop doing we haven't done that in a while yeah this is one that i probably use more personally mm -hmm. because it's just I, I feel like it's harder for people to evaluate individuals based upon strong weak missing confusing yeah and it's easier to go this is what i need you to keep doing to start doing and to stop doing i like that one though 
That's so, really good. So there's a there's a thousand tools. Those are just kind of three simple frameworks we use to get conversations going on that. But I want to talk about the blind spots that can come from within the evaluation process. So these are the things that even if you're doing the work of evaluation that you may not be aware of, that you need to be mindful of. And actually, these are three things that I was taking one of our ministry teams through recently because they were evaluating some events and some other pieces that they had gone through. And I just kind of wanted to give a check on their thinking to make sure like, hey, I want to be sure you guys are moving the right direction. So I want to give you four evaluation Ooh, blind spots. I'm excited about this. I really want to like, I really want to hit three, but there's a fourth one that really pops in, especially for younger leaders that is really important. So the first one is this, is you focus on improvements detached from outcomes. Good. So you have the conversation on how we can make it better, but you are not attaching that conversation to what are we attempting to accomplish. And I would just say your goal is not to make it better. Your goal is to do something great. And we've shared before, uh, first getting here to Highland Park, people had all these ideas. What if we did this for this? And what if we made this this? And what if we made this go away? And the thought was like, well, I don't know what we're actually trying to accomplish. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know why we would do any of these things because I don't know what we're actually seeking to do as an outcome. So don't do anything <laughs> for right now in all these areas. Because it's, like, true. it's just so subjective. Yeah. Uh, one of the comment or quotes I love to live by is Thomas Sowell says, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Yep. No solutions, only trade-offs. And I think one of the things that can fall into, this is what we dive into for any of you, especially church-wise, who do like service planning on a regular basis. Uh, not every aspect of your service should be a 10. Oh, that's good. And I know that may be crazy to someone, but like to say like, not every part of the service should be a 10. There should be peaks. Now, hopefully the valleys aren't like huge dips where people disengage, but there should be spots that are higher energy, higher engagement than other portions. If you try to run a service at a 10 in terms of energy the whole way through, you're gonna exhaust people six minutes in. Some. <laughs> you're gonna exhaust everyone other than VJ and maybe Caleb six minutes in yeah. and the rest of us are just gonna be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> my hands hurt. Can I sit down? Like I'm true. exhausted. This is so Very much. true. And so one of the things that like we've really gotten into is we plan services is just to go, hey, this spot can be a five because this spot needs to set up this other spot. This thing here needs to set that up. Um, I love this. Oh, I forget who it was. More I, of a seven just for everyone counting. There you go. I, I forget which NFL coach it was, but one of his players was talking about that he was, he was brilliant at unlocking the defense because he would call plays that he knew wouldn't work to set up plays later in the game. Oh, and just saying, like, deliberately doing runs up the, the middle at inopportune times. Who was that? Uh, I can't remember. It wasn't the Rams offensive coordinator. It was coordinator. the 49ers coach. Okay. Um, I can't remember who the 49ers I know coach is, and about. I feel. The new, the current one? Yeah. His dad was the coach of the Broncos? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Put it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but the players were talking and saying, like, he would throw in some plays that we knew wouldn't work and he knew wouldn't work, but would set up a second half play because it was same format, same design, but it would have a tweak in it. And I would just say, like, hey, one of the things that we fall into is people try to make everything great. 
And the reality is, is that you cannot do evaluation detached from outcomes. That's good. Because then what's happening is you're making things better that might not even need to be there at all. Yeah. And the other one is the natural rhythm and run of peaks and valleys. When that's eliminated, the things that are most important can't stand out. That's good. Kyle Shanahan. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> there we go <laughs> you focus on improvements detached from outcomes second blind spot you focus on your focus on improvement doesn't enable you to think with a blank slate Ooh. okay so here's if i could just give you a better question then how can we be better next week or better next year if this is an annual thing or whatever that rhythm is how can we better the next time we do this a better question to ask is if we were starting from scratch what would we do if we were starting all over would we do this to begin with would we do something completely different would we tweak what we already have see one of the tendencies we fall into especially when we have systemic continual evaluation is we fall into a rut where we have accepted things as automatic that don't actually need to be there to begin with and so we sacrifice innovative thinking because we just accept all these norms that aren't necessarily true to the organization and where we are. And so I just want to say like, hey, if you are evaluating regularly, you need from time to time to abandon the improvement conversation and to be willing to like wipe everything clean and start all over again and say, hey, what would we actually do? Many of us lead events that we didn't start. And there is a reason why it adapted and shifted over time and has gotten to its present state. But if you have, we kind of fall into two tendencies. There's a reason why it's changed over time. I want you to learn the principles that they've learned so you're not doomed to repeat their mistakes. But I also don't want you to accept what currently is as what it absolutely has to be. So be willing to start with a blank slate and so you're not just making incremental improvements. Third idea on uh, evaluation blind spots is you don't think broad enough in terms of your stakeholders. So I would give like the conversation that we actually had with our ministry. We were talking to our youth ministry department. They came back from teen camp asking how it went. I was out there for a little bit. And uh, just one of the things that I want to encourage them on is to say like, you're not just focused on what the teens thought. Like that's not your only group. You have to be equally focused on what the leaders thought because they in many ways are driving those who are attending it. And you also need to be extremely aware about what parents think. Sure. <laughs> like when your students return to their home and their parents asked, how was camp? What story did they tell? Yeah. <laughs> and you need to know exactly what that is. And I think we've got this tendency that like, man, we'll evaluate, uh, to be really clear on what happens. Uh, pastors, if they're only evaluating with their staff, will find themselves in a spot in which they're preaching to impress their staff instead of reaching the people who they need to reach. So the tendency is, is we only see those who are right in front of us in the evaluation. We're unaware of the broader stakeholders. And so we don't think broad enough when we're actually planning and implementing the next piece. Yeah, for sure. As I say, you need to know who all is affected by what you're doing, who all you need to get feedback from, and you need to actually run through that process. Be anything you want to jump into, because the last no. one is honestly a little bit of a tag on. No, let's keep going. Okay. I got stuff. So last one, just so you're aware. Uh, that I think is an evaluation blind spot is you evaluate too early. 
And I mean that in terms of two categories. Uh, for one, and I do this some, and it doesn't affect me, but there's some things I don't want to evaluate right away. I just want to, I just want to live in the excitement of what's happening. Like when we've had like a really powerful worship service, I'm not in that next moment. Like, so what can we do to repeat it? What can we do to make it better? Like some of those, I just want to live in and be like, that was awesome. Let's just let it be awesome for a little bit. And so one of those blind spots is you never actually experience the joy of the moment because you're evaluating too early. And I understand some of that's a natural tendency that we all live into, but I think it's good just to be aware of it. The other side on evaluating too early is to say like, I understand that you might want to build in rhythmic, strategic evaluation into the culture of the organization. Okay. I understand you may want to do that. But the other side of it is like, if you know all the things that are wrong, you might not need a formal evaluation process. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like sometimes, especially early on, it might just stink and it might just be awful. And I would say is like, you might not need to run through strong, weak, missing, confusing, keep, start, stop, because you went, well, this didn't work and this didn't work and registration was a disaster and all these other pieces. And so I think sometimes people, instead of just actually, the, the goal of evaluation is to improve in light of the outcomes that you want. If those are obvious, just improve it. I, I, and I would say this is like a really small subset that fall into this, maybe 10% of people, but like there are 10% that you are more focused on the process than the improvements. And to say, don't wait for evaluation to make it better. Okay. You're, you're too focused on strategic formal evaluation and you're missing the improvements that are there ready to be had. And so don't worry about implementing that evaluation super early, just make it better. And as you hit different plateaus, then incorporate it so you can continue to make gains and strides along the way. But don't fall into evaluating too early. I love this this episode uh, because uh, uh, we all have blind spots. No one is uh, <laughs> no one is 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 doesn't have any, and that's that's why this is important because we can all pull something from this episode. Uh, just to get back to the Thomas Sowell trade-offs, that was podcast 166. If anybody Ooh, look at you. wants to, to go back to that, uh, that's a great episode to talk about trade-offs, which is a really powerful uh, observation in your yeah. life, that knowing that actually can help you move forward. That's that. Uh, you talked about make it better versus do it great. I think it's a hard concept for most yeah. leader, top leaders to understand because yep. everything you want to make better. Otherwise you feel like you're falling behind, yeah. but you're saying that that's not always the best thing to do is that you got to do it great. Well, is there a part of me and you kind of said this a little bit. So I want your take on this is you said it needs to be outcome focused instead of just make it better. But is there a time when you can just feel something that's not measurable that makes it great? Because you just said sometimes you want to sit and say, hey, this was just awesome. It wasn't really being able to measure it. It's just a feeling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So explain that. How do we know like, when to make something great when it's just a feeling that you know that's right? Well, how do we say it as like, um, uh, let's give churches as an example. That sounds appropriate. Some people are great. Great. It's not great, but they're great at doing church in the eighties. Okay. In 2023. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> and instead of engaging the community that they need to engage, doing life with the people who they need to do life with, they have gotten so fantastic at their culture and systems that they are familiar with that they literally like they are th the top like they are top one percent at a at a strategy that is completely outdated yeah <laughs> and ineffective and so i i just think that's the key on there is to say we can be so focused on incremental improvements over time how do we make this better how do we make this better that we can easily miss what we're actually doing okay that makes sense. Um, the blank slate uh, part, which I think is exactly where sometimes we need to take things to because our minds can get caught up with a, 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 a rudimentary approach where it's just yeah. kind of, it is what it is. And so we just do it because we yep. know it's heading something, but we're just doing it almost busy work. Yep. And a blank slate kind of eliminates that mentality. Uh, f f where, where, but if you do a blank slate all the time, yeah. Where is the rhythm there? How do you know when the blank slate is the right time to, to think that way? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, me either. And that's why I wanted to ask. Because I don't want to like, I don't want to waste everyone's time by every meeting going. If we. Right. You can't, it's not a, there's a, there's a feel yeah. to that. There's a, an appropriate time. Is it maybe uh, like the, the quarterly offsites? Is it, is it a different, because you can't be asking that every week. This is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, honestly, is like when I'm in meetings of evaluation and everyone already knows the answers. Like we walk in and the evaluation is just a mere formality. Yeah. Because we all know the answers because we're so used to it. That's when I want to start over. Yeah. And just go forget it. That's if we good. were starting all over, what would we do? That's good. Uh, the other question that I had, and this is such a, a real insight to, to church context and it may be a context for you um whatever organization you're in or leading um but for us when we evaluate um things you just give the mention of youth camp um we evaluate uh from our eyes yep in our perspective well we thought we thought it was yep we thought it it and this is this is a service. Yep. <laughs> this, this is, is a service on Sundays. This is this is anything from you know getting out of your car in the parking lot. It's always we. It's never they. Yep. And so I don't know what we can do to help people think that way. But if churches would think they instead yeah. of we when it comes to their perspective, not how our holistic approach, like we yep. weak. Like we week is different, right? Yep. And we'll talk about more of that later, but like that's we, but they is, what did they think about this thing to properly evaluate? If it's just me evaluating it all the time, yeah, that's not really going to move very far. And I think the thing that gets really tricky church-wise is let's say like a worship service. Yeah. I don't want my guests thinking critique. Yeah. I, I don't want to put that in them of going, I, I know they're already critiquing. No. <laughs> but I, I don't want to feel that at yeah. all. And so we've got different ways of going through that. I, I'll just say it as like, uh, in terms of preaching, like our staff can help me with technique and with disengagement pieces. But the best pulse that I have is like when you're like, hey, a lot online, it was really alive today during the sermon. Yeah. That helps me go, okay, that was connecting. Yeah. I need to, and I'll go back and I'll read through every one of those comments to see which parts connected and which parts maybe I should have been lighter or heavier on. Yeah. But say my primary evaluation is not from internal people. Right. Especially the most internal people. Which is exactly They're the what least we're helpful. talking about. Exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. Uh, last thing. Uh, do you have a, uh, a mini 
rhythm calendar for evaluation that you put together for the year, like some kind of document that you use or some kind of strategy you say, Hey, I need to evaluate this, this time of the year or this time of the year. I need to evaluate this. Is there something that you have, or is it all up here and it's uh, not actually down on document? Uh, I'll just say it is like, we evaluate anything that happens when it happens. We evaluate the whole thing three times a year and we are willing to overhaul the whole thing once a year. That's really powerful for everybody listening. Yeah. That's great. All right, great. That's all we got. How do you want to end this episode? Yeah, I'd encourage you to identify which of the blind spots you're most likely to commit. Look back through those four and then choose to either start with outcomes, start with a blank slate, invite others into the room to get their feedback, or just don't do it at all and make it actually better. Weirdest evaluation podcast ever. Quit evaluating. Just make it better. That's the yeah. point. You had hand signals for all those. That's really good. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us today. Episode 191, Evaluation Blind Spots. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed, mean the world to us. If you did that now, also post about it. Rate and review on Apple Podcast. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you who are trying to get better like us. We love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life and business. Uh, if you have a story, visit Leading Hope dot online or visit us over on instagram dm us uh however you'd like to get that to us we would love to hear from you and remember everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader make it count <laughs>